Good morning and good afternoon. My name is Brian Nicolason. Welcome to the Freedom and Wealth Podcast. Thank you for joining. Uh, this is a podcast all about um, a range of topics with regard to our, our life, liberty, and, and pursuit of happiness. Um, you know, what is freedom, right? We're going to try and answer that question on this podcast each and every week. Uh, and freedom doesn't just mean freedom from government tyranny or from socialism, but from uh, false forms of capitalism, crony capitalism, but also mental freedom, right? Freedom of thought and freedom from our own boundaries. We hope to explore not only how we can be free uh, in a classical sense, but, but also free in our mind to uh, not put limits on ourselves and, and our capabilities. So um, we're going to do, this is a, a quick podcast. It's a 15-minute podcast every twice a week. We're going to do our market update, so we're going to touch on that first, and then uh, we'll do a little bit of a topic, and then, you know, as future podcasts uh, start to come out, hopefully we'll bring on some really good guests um, to answer that question of, about what is freedom, and and then how do we financially plan to uh, match that same goal, right? How can our financial planning and the way we man- maneuver our assets um how does that how does that free us from from government especially okay so market update uh today is january 8th it's a saturday so uh just coming through the end of the week and we did a podcast i think on tuesday uh or maybe wednesday morning and that was right before we saw a drop a wednesday afternoon in the market so uh, the fed minutes from the december meeting were released and the market dropped and sold off about 1.5%, depending on what index you're looking at. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting um, because we, we already knew a lot of what was in the Fed minutes. It was released, you know, in the press conference back in December. So, you know, what we knew already was that they were going to uh, slow down their their asset purchase program, the quantitative easing that's been around since since COVID came out, Um and they were going to actually stop, quote unquote, stop buying assets, uh, both treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, uh, and everything else that they're buying. Um, you know, bonds of all kinds that they're they're buying. Um, they're going to stop that originally in June, by June of this year. And in the December meeting, uh, they stated that they were going to double the pace and stop their purchase program by March. So we already knew that, and so the the minutes just confirmed that. Um, and I think some of the clarity that was received that resulted in the stock market sell-off was the fact that they're they're actually going to start selling off their balance sheet after the first interest rate hike. So what we knew already was that there was going to be a reduction to zero new purchases by March and then a subsequent rate hike shortly thereafter and a potentially two more rate hikes, 25 basis points apiece for a total of 75 basis point rate hike throughout the end of 2022. Uh, now we've added a third piece to that, which is that they actually want to reduce that $9 trillion balance sheet uh, sometime after the first interest rate hike. So they'll actually start selling off assets into the market. Um, and so, by the way, just as a background, you know the balance sheet is $5 trillion higher than it was pre-COVID. You know, Pre-COVID, the balance sheet was about $4.1 trillion that the Fed owned of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And they've purchased over five trillion dollars of new assets onto their balance sheet, which in essence is printing money. 
that's how the Fed does print money. They basically just buy assets and, you know, uh, use money printing to do so. So when we're going to actually reduce that $9 trillion balance sheet, that is going to uh, put a lot of assets back on the street and, and push interest rates up higher. So a lot of concern in the stock market as to a rising interest rate environment this year, um, and that's all in a, in a goal to choke off inflation. So I think, I think, so this is all very interesting, and I think our outlook is the same, where we're going to see continued market volatility as the market prices in these rate hikes, tries to figure out how much, how fast they're going to raise rates, are they going to actually reduce their balance sheet, um, and, and what kind of effect that's going to have. So this is all pretty interesting. Um, I think the market sold off and then it basically remained flat, uh, 1.5% down for the remaining part of the week. And part of that, a reason why it didn't continue to sell off with potentially some good jobs numbers. So we had 807,000 jobs added in December, which is well above the 375,000 that were expected. So Anyway, I think this is all um, pretty interesting. And then what our prediction is, right? So when you look at our country and our economy, the market is so inflated, again, from $5 trillion printed money and basically 0% interest, that all of these stock, you know, these companies, especially the large tech firms, you know, the Apple, Amazon, you know, Microsoft, right? All these big tech names that have seen substantial growth over the last two years. I think Microsoft is up 56, 57% last year, something crazy like that. Um, and so we've seen such a market basically bubble, right? I mean, we've seen an inflation of the markets in such a big way that when these, these discussions on tightening supply and raising interest rates come about, those are the stocks that immediately sell off. And that's why you see, you know, bigger reductions in the NASDAQ and things like that. So um, the question is, are they going to be able to do what they say they're going to do? They say they're going to stop purchasing assets in March, by March. And then they're going to raise interest rates 75 basis points throughout the end of the year. And they're going to start selling off their balance sheet. Those are three big in what in essence, I guess they call it tightening. I guess it's probably just less loose. It's not really tight, but it's tightening and it's tighter than we've seen in the past two or three years. So will the market be able to hold that? And then the question is how much market sell off? Cause I don't think it's a question as to whether or not the market's going to sell off. Cause it will, how much market sell off will the fed be able to tolerate in a midterm election year? before they do an about face and change direction and just say, okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, we, we won't raise interest rates anymore. Um, and, and that's an interesting question. They might do one interest rate hike in March and the market could sell off 10 or 15% and the Fed just says, okay, you know, we're sorry, we're not going to do that because we want to make sure that, you know, in this midterm election year, you know, that, uh, uh, that it, the market's not affected too much. And that is the interworking of the Federal Reserve and the, the government in a way that they shouldn't be working, right? Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen, who's the Treasury Secretary, they do joint um, 
press releases, joint press conferences. That in itself is wrong. The, the Treasury Department and the U.S. government is independent of the Federal Reserve, or the Federal Reserve is independent of the government. They're not supposed to work together, and yet they are, right? They, the government puts out programs, and the Fed monetizes the debt by printing money. And, uh, and that's, a, that's, a, you know, that's basically a form of crony capitalism, right? A banking industry should be separate from the government and should keep the government in line. Um, and that's how it used to be when the Fed was created, but it no longer is the case. So uh, in, in any rate, um, you know, we could make wagers and bets as to how much the Fed and the government working together is going to allow of this plan to happen before they change their mind. And uh, I don't want to make too much of a prediction here, but I don't know that they will get, be able to get everything they're saying done. I think the market is going to react too rapidly in a downward fashion. And uh, again, they're going to change their mind and just put put the rate, uh, drop the rates again, back down to zero and uh, just keep printing money and just sacrifice a dollar in the desire to prop up the stock market uh, in a midterm election year. So I think that's a worst case scenario in the long run for the United States. But um in in the in their eyes a, a best case scenario to keep the market propped up and, and keep people happy so anyway very interesting stuff going on in the market um just want to spend the last five minutes i think i want to go through an interesting kind of point that um on on economics that um we all should should be aware of right i'll call this segment uh, confused democrats right you can call it confused Republicans. Basically, all of our politicians are, are confused. They don't understand economics at a level that they need to to make economic policy. But the Democrats, is we can pick on them right now because they're in power and they have a platform, in many cases, of higher taxes for the wealthy and low interest rates, right? I mean, that's the platform is higher taxes for the wealthy. That was in the Build Back Better plan. Uh, that they're trying to pass. It's it's all about rising ta- raising taxes on the wealthy. Um, I guess, quote unquote, we got to define wealthy um, and understand that any time you put a tax on that's meant for the wealthy, eventually that meets the middle class. Income tax originally when it was created was only for the wealthy, but we all pay income tax now. So if you're going to raise taxes on the wealthy, just understand 10 years from now, 20 years from now, those tax increases are going to be in the middle class as well. They're not going to stay in the wealthy. But the platform is raise taxes on the wealthy and then keep interest rates low. If we keep interest rates low, we prop up the stock market and we, you know, but then we want to blame, you know, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. And we want to blame them as, as the, the face of capitalism that is so bad that causes all the problems we have in society. And what the Democrats don't understand is that, you can't have both of those policies at the same time because the way that Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or any of these guys, you know, Tim Cook, uh, CEO of Apple, who just, I don't, they just released his salary. And when you add in the stock that he received, it was like $200 million or something. Don't quote me on the number, but it was a ridiculous number. It was the highest pay uh, any Apple CEO ever received. And so, um, 
we got to understand that the majority of people that get paid a lot of money like that, the reason they're able to do that is because of the low interest rates and they don't have to pay tax on that. See, what people do in these corporations is they borrow money at basically 0% interest and they put up their um, uh, stocks as collateral. And so because you're borrowing money, you don't pay tax. It's like if you borrow money on a mortgage, you're not going to pay tax on that mortgage, right? On the money you receive to, to buy the house. So they're going to borrow money in the same way and they're going to put their stocks up as collateral. And as long as the value of those stocks keep rising, which they do when you have low interest rates and you keep printing money and you just basically, you know, allow these companies to do stock buybacks at 0% interest and just keep buying their own stock, it's going to prop valuations up. So it's a no-brainer that instead of taking a salary that's taxable, you just borrow money against your stock. And as long as the stock appreciates enough to cover the interest, it's basically a you know tax-free uh, income. And you know, if you think about Microsoft, for instance, if you borrowed against Microsoft stock, you know, and the stock went up fifty percent in value, uh, and, and you had you know a million dollars loaned out and a million dollars collateral, and the stock goes up to 1.5 million, you just take your $500,000 and pay off the loan or a good portion of it. And in essence, it's a way to just get tax-free money. So there, you can't have both of those policies at the same time. If you want to choke off these quote-unquote, you know, capitalism, you know, the, these greedy capitalists, then, then stop allowing the government, as a government institution, stop lowering interest rates. Because if you would just let interest rates do what they're supposed to do, which is free float, interest rates would be substantially higher. The stock market would be substantially lower. And the capitalists would have substantially less money and they'd be paying a lot more taxes per dollar that they're bringing in. So, again, this idea that we're going to keep interest rates low and prop the stock market up is the exact reason why the people that the that the government who's keeping interest rates low they the those people that they hate so much are not paying enough taxes the exact reason they're not paying so much taxes is because of the government policies and they don't understand any of that and that is going to be the lesson over and over again as we look at government policy and try to understand even with the best intentions, usually what the government tries to do, the opposite happens. So anyway, that's our little segment today called Confused Democrats. We can call it Confused Politicians. We're not trying to be, you know, one side or the other. Most politicians have no idea what they're doing. So it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, we just have to understand that capitalism in itself is a wonderful system. And the idea that socialism is somehow going to be better than capitalism is absolutely ridiculous. And anybody who says that needs to study socialism. It's been tried over and over and over and over again. It's never worked. The problem is not capitalism. The problem is crony capitalism. And crony capitalism is because government is involved. So that's it for today. Uh, cheers. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And uh, we'll be back next week with a new market update, new topic, new special guests. Um, have a wonderful day. Thank you.
The opinions expressed by Brian Nicolaisen and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Nicolaisen Wealth Partners are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.